0: Watching the Throne is presented by Film Colossus, where you can find in-depth analyses of movies, such as How Legolas is the Kobe Bryant of Middle Earth, and Why the Night Before is the Ultimate Argument for Legalizing Marijuana. Check it out at FilmColossus.com. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep it I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids.
1: Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Chris Lambert, and Travis is not here today because he's off doing Travis Beanie things. But we have a Storye, and this is our Storye guest.
0: Hi there, this is Kevin. <laughs> and I guess I'm a Kanye fan.
1: <laughs> That's good. Being on this. It's, a, it's a nice thing to be able to say out loud sometimes because I feel like there's like.
0: It really is.
1: Times so. during the day where you're just like I don't I don't want to tell anybody here I'm a Kanye fan.
0: Oh, I try to I try to prevent anyone from knowing.
1: <laughs> it's it's a weird reaction that you can get for telling people oh, like yeah. I totally I I love Kanye's music and they'll be like oh his his older stuff right and you're like well
0: not even just like <laughs> his music in general gets hate yeah like they 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 don't listen to it so what would they know? You know? So, <laughs> honestly, like whatever.
1: <laughs> right. There's so many times I've seen on Reddit where people have been like, I haven't listened to this guy's music, but I just know he's a jackass. So his music's going to suck. <laughs> 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 I'm like, well, I'm glad you know everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's
0: a good response. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Well, so when did you first uh, encounter Kanye's music and what were your first impressions?
0: All right. I would say started fall of '07, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in high school at the time. I was I was very hesitant to listen to American music at the time. I actually grew up. I never really liked music that much growing up, and it was until I became a teenager that um, I started listening to it more. And at that point, the only music I really really loved or really liked, enjoyed to listen to, was Chinese music. Mm surprisingly so um and then so at that time i was like you know growing up in hi, in america in high school and i'm like trying to branch out and listen to other kinds of music and so he was one of the first ones because um he was popular at the time and some some of the kids i played basketball with listened to him so he, they're just like you should check him out
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so graduation first album i listened to
1: nice yeah because in 07 that's Right when graduation had come out, and mm-hmm. what like stronger yep. was playing everywhere. And... Yep,
0: yep, <laughs> definitely stronger. Yeah, <laughs> um, sold really well. His best-selling, best selling, best first week album. So yeah, it was it was it was definitely at his at a really hype time of his uh, his artistry.
1: He was kind of king of the world. That was before all the Taylor Swift mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. That was when it was just like he
0: was king of the world. Oh yeah, he. Yeah, that was the year he took out 50 Cent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They had that so big, like, you know? same-release-day feud.
0: Yeah, the whole thing.
1: Well, so you're um, you're starting to listen to Graduation. Were you just listening to the singles at first, or did you just put on the album? And
0: I did listen to the full album a few times. And uh, I only, at the time, <laughs> I was still new to all this, and I kind of just gravitated more towards the hits, um, the singles. So I I did like, I like Stronger a lot. I thought that was very progressive. Um, You know, I've never, obviously at the time, I've never heard a hip hop song sound like (laughs) that. So, you know, I love that song. Then um, I think the other songs, you know, Can't Tell Me Nothing, Good Life was all right. Good Life, I think, was overrated, in my opinion. Um, Can't Tell Me Nothing was great. Uh, Flashing Lights was great. Um, Big Brother Homecoming. Oh my goodness. Now that I think about it, yeah, I know that, that. album definitely stuck with me. It's, yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. like the first hip hop album I really loved, I think.
1: Yeah, It's like transcended to where you're just like this guy's doing all of this stuff on just this mm-hmm. one album. Like
0: yeah, exactly. It's um and it's so it, it, at the time it was, you know, hip hop had this uh, stereotype, right? A certain stereotype and this in this album was different. And that's I think that's why I liked it. Very unique.
1: Now, when you were really enjoying the album, did you immediately go back and listen to a bunch of Kanye's previous albums, or was it something where you just kind of stuck with this and didn't really dive much into Kanye West yet?
0: Um, I kind of just went with the seasons at that time, so I listened to Graduation for probably a good like three to four months, um, and then at the same time I was listening to like some other stuff as well, some other. Some other artists. And then, I think it was really in 2008 that I started to try to look... I went out and just looked for a lot of older things. So, and that's when I listened to Clause Dropout and Late Registration.
1: Ooh, and um, how did you feel those compared to Graduation? Did you... Were you just like, these are so much better, or this is just all great?
0: I thought they were all great <laughs> um, in their own way. And uh, looking back at it, obviously, I've listened to them so much more since then. That, um, you know, back then, when I first listened to it, it was a very... It was so new, you know, so new to me because I didn't listen to that much hip-hop, to be honest. Um, I think I listened more to, like, Linkin Park and... Hell yeah. Rock music and, you know, some other some other genres more. Like, like you know, just, just the catchy radio stuff. I listened to, like, Maroon 5 and whatever. Like, whatever was catchy, really. Um, but hip-hop, to just listen, to sit down and listen to, like, an album, that's a very unique experience. So... Um, yeah, college dropout, I thought it was good. Um, late registration. I didn't like it mu- as much at first cuz I just wasn't used to the orchestra instruments, mm. you know, like that was just that was unique. That was so unique in itself, and I didn't even realize it. Um, but I, it was just so it was so different that I just it was harder to enjoy for me at the time. But I enjoy, I love it now, but at the time it wasn't easy to digest, I think.
1: Right. I had the same kind of experience when I first when I was I was in college in 2007, and Kanye, the same thing, was, like, everywhere. And I was like, I'm going to download this guy's music and listen to it. And at first, listening to College Dropout and uh, Late Registration, I was just like, no. No, nah, I, I, don't, I don't think I like this. Like, I was way more like you, like, into rock music. I loved Linkin Park. Um oh, yeah. I was really into, I guess, just Eminem at that point when it came to hip-hop. Mm, he was great. Yeah. He was great. Um, it took me up until 808s to be like, oh, oh, oh. Mm. Mm. Well, so how was... Did you feel that your experience with Kanye at that point uh, changed the kind of music you were looking to listen to or trying to listen to? Or Definitely. Okay. Definitely.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it had to do with just my upbringing and uh, my personality at the time, um, you know. Like, and I don't want to stereotype, obviously, but the ch- the the more Asian music that I listened to, the the Chinese music, it was a lot. A lot of it was very emotional. It was very um, just very heavy emotionally, and some would just classify as like emo or something, honestly. <laughs> um, but to me, to me, it was great music. It was very A lot of good melodies in it, and um, but very emotional, and a lot of it had to do with loss and breakup, you know, and heartbreak, things like that. Yeah. Um, So it was very refreshing, honestly, to listen to someone like Kanye, and then um, after I listened to him, I listened to a lot more hip hop. I I looked at Lil Wayne the following year, um, you know, a couple other hip hop artists that that was popular at the time. Um, But yeah, like it really. It really made me open my eyes to, you know, like, hip-hop as a genre, I think.
1: And did you uh, connect with other hip-hop artists right away in that sense? Like, oh, I do like what Lil Wayne's doing. I do like what I'm... Yeah,
0: I definitely enjoy Lil Wayne. And um, a big part of it was just, with him and Kanye at the time, you know, they were so big. um, They were probably, you know, two of the best artists, hip-hop artists at the time. And they were so big that their music... um, really hit me really hard because it was just so much so much confidence mm. and so much bra- doggio, you know um and it was very it's like it's for someone that you know grew up with no confidence and you know always kind of doubting himself to listen to that is pretty refreshing and it's you know it's it's just it's a rush of emotion that that you enjoy listening to, because, you know, it's something that you don't experience often,
1: maybe. I think that's a really good point, because while their words aren't necessarily your words, right? Like, they're writing these things, and you're just kind of repeating them as you get to know the music and listen to the songs. There's something that kind of becomes like a, I don't think mantric is a word, but it becomes sort of like a mantra where you're repeating these things and start to feel like, the energy of saying such confident things or hearing such right. confidence a, yeah, that's talk.
0: That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You know, especially for, you know, I was, what, 16, 17 at the time. You know, it was very important, you know, to have motivation, to have inspiration in your life. Yeah. Hip hop Hip hop definitely was a source of that for me. So.
1: That's awesome. And were you working on any uh, creative endeavors yourself at the time?
0: I was not. I was, you um, know, I'm not. You know it kind of sucks but um at the time in high school i was a bum like i was just a straight up
1: bum <laughs> i didn't
0: do anything i went to school um got got good grades and that was it after school i just come home and just bum <laughs> <laughs> um i stayed in shape or at least tried to i played basketball or whatever but yeah other than that i was never on a sports team i never did i, did, I didn't do many extracurriculars none of them really interest me were also, I just didn't really connect with the people in my high school that much. So there was really no motivation for me to, you know, to, to join these kind of groups. Right. Um, so a lot a lot of the time I spent by myself, you know, I'll li- listen to music, look for, read or whatever. So, yeah.
1: Music then can become very meaningful. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Even more so yeah. because it's it's not just something that's like the soundtrack to your life, but it's something that is helping you look beyond kind of the high school world which can be so limiting
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: god you mentioned being a bum and it just makes me think back to uh like when i get home from school some days and watch tv from 2 30 to like 8 30 mm-hmm. and just be watching like simpsons boy meets world like home improvement reruns like all these things and just like what am i doing <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I played a lot of video games at the time as well. I was a I was a big Halo Halo fan. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout out to Halo. I still love Halo. So
1: right, Halo Two multiplayer, uh, mm-hmm. Team Slayer. Yeah.
0: yeah, I got when I got an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Like I was the happiest kid in the world,
1: <laughs>
0: and Halo Three just killed it. So
1: <laughs> Halo Three was a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, so when uh, 808s came out, you were just sort of a year into your Kanye fandom, you loved Graduation, had gone back and listened to the other albums, and were getting on board with that. Mm -hmm. Did 808s kind of weird you out when you first heard it in terms of that? Or from the background of music that you were talking about that was a little more emotional, was it something that connected you even more to Kanye? Yeah,
0: so I think um, with 808s, it was when I first heard the news of it, and um, this, the the concept and what it was going to be, I was definitely taken aback. I was definitely really surprised, but um, I think I, I was interested. I was really interested in what he could do. Um, you know, uh, I wasn't a fan of Auto Tune. I will say that, <laughs> but I was willing to give him a chance with it. You know. Yeah. Um, so it came out. Um, first few times listening to it, it was really weird. Like I just could not understand how he went from you know those soul beats and um you know from what he did in graduation to you know something that was so so emotional and just so so different the drum techniques and everything um but after a while i just kept listening to it um a lot of songs actually stuck out a lot because you know in high school i was i i think i did get into my first relationship at the time and uh I think I was leaving my first relationship. So. Um, there were definitely some songs on that that, you know, I, I definitely felt. And I think over time, I I, I liked it a lot. And, um, yeah,
1: I think that's one of my favorite things with talking to Kanye fans. When you get the rare treat of talking to, like, a, a serious Kanye fan, is their relationship moment with 808s. And just that one point, hopefully not multiple points, but at least that one point in their life where they were going through a breakup and 808s was there and just took on a whole different level of, like, interaction. hmm
0: Right. No, definitely.
1: What uh, what songs from 808s were the ones that were kind of sticking out to you?
0: Heartless uh, was definitely the first one, I think. Um, yeah, that one... <clears throat> and I think... I remember... You guys did an episode on it and um, I think you was saying about how you know, it was it felt so kind of shallow and just um, you know what I mean like yeah it feels like it's just kind of a it's not that meaningful and it's just kind of just this, this guy this guy whining and complaining right, <laughs> about this relationship that didn't go his way. But I think the thing about it is that it just captures that moment so well, you know, that that moment of sadness and um, you know, I think, and that's what Kanye captures so well, he captures emotion yes, um, onto his tracks, better I think than almost any artist that I've listened to. And so for that song, it's like in the moment, you know, maybe like a week or two after a breakup, and you're just you're devastated, you're lost, you're, you're going back and forth, you know, you're, you're saying, like, oh, I don't need you, but at the same time, you know, I'm missing you so much. <laughs> and it's that, and, and that's what you do in a, after a breakup, isn't it? Like, if you think about it, we, as humans, we go between that spectrum of emotions so much because um, we're just so lost and so devastated after a breakup sometimes.
1: Yes, we do. I was just talking yeah. to a, a friend earlier about another mutual friend and a breakup that they had gone through, and they were like, yeah, how did you think they, how, how did they seem to you during that time? And I was like, well, he knew logically that like why they ended and why they should have ended. But like emotionally, he was saying he was still waking up every morning being like, I wish she was here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great point about that kind of tension because we do have that moment of just, whether it's superficial or not, that truthful moment of like, Wanting to whine about a relationship.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially as you know, a seventeen-year-old or sixteen-year-old, <laughs> it's, it's very easy to do that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm thinking back to all my like angsty poetry in high school, and just like, oh but yeah, I
0: forgot you wrote poetry.
1: Oh no, yeah, it's sometimes I wish I forgot too, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I actually, I actually admired that a lot. It's, um, I feel like something that we don't, uh, people don't do. As much anymore as before.
1: Yeah. Uh, poetry is, I guess, the spirit of it's still there. It's just morphed into so many other things, like music, uh, so many songs or poems. That's right, a, right. Kanye was doing a lot of uh, Def, Bam, Def Jam poetry from his song right. lyrics. Right, right. Mm. Okay. Well, so we get to 2010, the Taylor Swift. Or 2009, the Taylor Swift stuff happens. What was your kind of reaction when that occurred?
0: I, I literally just shrugged my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember, like, I wasn't even watching it. Or, like, I didn't really follow, you know, like, all the, like, award shows and things like that mm-hmm. that much. I was, I think I was honestly just maybe like on my computer and something. And then I was checking Facebook. And then everyone was talking about that. Right, the MTV Awards, and everyone was saying, talking about Kanye, and the connotation didn't look good. <laughs>
1: so I no. asked my friend
0: what happened, and he's, he, I think he told me what happened. Then I saw a clip of it like later in the night, um, where on you probably on YouTube, like right after I probably saw it, and I was just like, huh. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really know how to take it. I mean, um, I was I was obviously a fan of him, and uh, I am a fan, I was a fan of his music, and I didn't really know him that well as a person. I think, I think I only really knew him through the music, and from what I heard through the music, he sounds like a good guy. You know, like he sounds like a very relatable guy, a guy who's very honest uh, with his emotions, very, very introspective. You know, so I was like, huh, I think I think maybe he's just having an off day. Or something. <laughs> right. I really didn't. It wasn't a big deal to me, like whatsoever. You know.
1: You were willing to give him the benefit of the doubts and just be like, well, that was a thing that happened. Like, okay. But...
0: Yeah, and I I think, if anything, it was just... Like, why does everyone care so much about Taylor Swift as a celebrity? You know, it's it's like... I don't even watch this, like, this award show. And most people probably don't. You know, honestly, like... People have other things to do in their lives and watch award shows and follow this. But the media is going to give us the story saying how Kanye is an asshole. And from then on, everyone knows, oh, yeah, he's that asshole <laughs> that, that detail, that to even though they don't really care. Like, they don't even know who they are as people. But they're just going to judge based on what the media tells them.
1: I think that's such a good point about <laughs> what Kanye's music really gets into from 808s on with talking about, even graduation on, talking about, Celebrity in that perception of celebrity—it's—and mm-hmm. uh, we saw it with the famous video, right? With all the people in bed and the camera kind of roving over them in that voyeuristic way. Like right. that's what we do with celebrities, and it's like we could not give two shits about them as people, but like we're obsessed with everything that they do. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, it's—it's uh, it's crazy. I like just going back to that taylor swift incident i honestly didn't think it should have been that big you know it's and especially with kanye or like any so any of these big celebrities it's um they i don't know why they get scrutinized so much but i can understand the emotion of it and how you know people sympathizing with taylor but still it's why you gotta crucify kanye for (laughs) for something that's seemingly like it's so he's a rapper you know like rappers say shit all the time on songs yeah to do it on national tv like like oh then we're gonna have to crucify him i guess (laughs) so you can say whatever on the song you actually do it on tv if you do something remotely bad we're gonna crucify you
1: how dare he how dare he (laughs) Yeah, and just the, like the self righteousness that so many people have, or like the anger people have towards him for that, is impressive. It's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, also you said during that time you didn't really know much about Kanye as a person. Was there a, uh, a moment where you started paying more attention to who he was, or started caring more about who he was, and not just the music? Or is it still kind of something where it's just like, well, I know some things about him, but I just care about the music?
0: Um, So all of that really changed um, in terms of trying to get to see who he is as a person. Um, At one point, it was probably maybe just a year or two ago, right? And um, I was listening to his older albums. I I was listening to his entire catalog, really up until up until Jesus, and I just realized kind of this is uh, the art, his artistry is very unique and um, a lot of times in order to understand it and to be able to see his perspective on his own songs you know you have to understand what he was going through at that time of his life right mm-hmm. and so I think it's really from there that I I started kind of sometimes I'll look into like you know what he was doing back in back he was making uh, 808s where when he was making Dark Fantasy, um, and it was—it's all very interesting because it all really does connect. <laughs> it, it makes sense, you know. His music makes sense in relation to the artist, just the same way that you know, um, some of the greatest artists in human history, you know, some, some of the greatest writers—they're inspired by their own life. You know, the right. Like um, my favorite, one of my favorite books. Um, a Shout out to that book because um, it's one of the best books I think ever. Um, it's a portrait of the artist as a young man. Hell yeah, by James Joyce, and and that 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 it's pretty much an autobiography, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but he 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 wrote it as a novel, but completely inspired by his own life, and and it, you know it's it's one of the best novels I think ever. So
1: God, it's such good writing. There's still like mm-hmm. one moment in there that lives with me. It's a uh, and. Like, three-fourths of the way in, when he's finally at school, as, like, a like the high school, and he's staring at this girl, and he's obsessed with her, and keeps uh watching her, but then one day he sees her and just realizes that he may have had the wrong impression of her the entire time. And he thinks to himself, what if her heart were simple like a bird's heart? Simple and willful like a bird's heart. And... That's just always been like one of the top five most beautiful things I've ever read. Mm,
0: yeah, no, I have to. I'll have to go back and read that
1: again. <laughs> yeah, it's right before he writes like the big poem where he like wakes up in the morning and is just like, <gasps> and starts writing poetry. <laughs> right. But yeah, like that's uh, that's a great point that so many artists really do take the events from their life and hyperbolize them. They heighten them. And make them a little greater than what's there, but if you look behind the curtain a little bit, you see that it's not <laughs> very far off from what they actually experienced.
0: Right, yeah, definitely, and uh, I think kanye is a a—you know—he's—he's—he's he's, he's constantly inspired, you know, by by other people in history, and you know, even I was looking into Pablo Picasso, and um, you know, he's he's had quite the interesting life himself. So, and his art actually reflects a lot of the events that. Heard in his life as well, a lot of adultery, I think. <laughs> Mostly.
1: Yeah, Picasso was a bit of a diva, wasn't he? <laughs> oh my goodness. It's
0: like, I think I think Kanye is maybe just as a human, he's, he's might be a little bit better than Picasso, actually.
1: It doesn't seem like he's upset as many people justifiably as Picasso may have.
0: But Picasso is still iconic, you know. Like, that's that's the point is you know it's the art that lives through lives through time we'll remember the art
1: absolutely and then you go back and read about the person you're just like gross <laughs> but <laughs> that art that art's amazing well so uh my beautiful dark twisted fantasy comes out uh do you immediately eat it up um yeah
0: yeah i, <laughs> I was listening to it a good amount um realize that it's he's gone on a really interesting direction <laughs> really unexpected I thought he would if anything I think most people expect him to go back to to the college series right
1: right especially um, after 808's got such a weird mm-hmm. reception
0: mm-hmm. right so yeah I was kind of expecting you know just oh yeah I'll just bring back old Kanye like I'll, I'll be pr- I'll be pretty happy with that you know <laughs> but looking back at it I'm really glad he he went in um, the maximalist direction with his music and and i go i go back and i i re listen to, to dark fantasy so much within the past two two or three years and i i just hear things that you know that i don't even notice the first few times where you know the first 100 times to <laughs> it. i'll hear things and i'm like wow that's that's really interesting and i know that he put that there probably for a reason you know so the layering of his music and um the story that he's telling through that album is fantastic, I think.
1: Scary. Today's episode of Watching the Throne is brought to you by Audible. And Audible is offering Watching the Throne listeners a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. The website is www.audibletrial.com WTT. Yeah. And, uh, of course, there are, you know, thousands upon thousands of books to choose from on there. I would personally recommend the David Lynch biography called The Man from Another Place, if you're into that. And there's plenty. Actually, I was just looking through there. If you just search Kanye West, there's plenty of stuff to search through and uh, learn about Kanye. I actually have never thought about looking for (laughs) Kanye stuff on Audible. I always – I use Audible now for all of my nonfiction reading. I'll just – I'll still read fiction in the book form, but I've been – using it for a lot of like business reading for a lot of like neuroscience and like personal developments. So recently I've been listening to traction, which is a book for startups and looking at the different realms of traction for startups. Cool. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. So if you're in any of that again, it's www.audibletrial.com slash WTT. And if you do that, um, it's basically like giving us a free donation. It'll get you a, you know, a, a free book on audible and it kind of just helps everyone out yeah it's uh we'd really appreciate you taking the time to look it out (laughs) to look it up because (laughs) it really does help us so thank you yeah thanks scary Uh, for you how much are lyrics important to you and how much is the production important to you from like a a technical perspective like not just like I enjoy this but paying attention to I guess the specifics of the word choice or like the mm-hmm. technique of the word choice or the technique of the music because I know for me I don't know anything about music so I hear the music and I'm just like I I like this I don't like this but I can't really speak to it mm-hmm. on like the deeper end of like he's doing really interesting things is that something that? for you the music is just as important as the lyrics?
0: Um, yeah so that, no that's very interesting because that's something that it really dictates what your taste is in music oftentimes. You know, some people are going to be more attracted to the beats, right? And then the initial sound of the sonics of the music. And other other people will be attracted to the to the lyric, lyricism and the rhymes and the techniques. And for me, I try to just do 50/50 honestly. you know what makes a good song a good song? For me, most importantly is just your message behind it and what is it that you're trying to tell your audience? And you can do a great job with that using great production. and you can also do a great job with that with just some with great lyricism you know to fit that message. So, if you can put those those two things together, like those are probably the best hip hop songs in my mind. Um, you know like it, it's everything just comes together, and it's just a masterful track hmm. and I think Kanye has a lot of those <laughs> honestly <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: as you're saying like the the message behind the songs that's one of the things that always amazes me the most about Kanye is how diverse the messages mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. to yes, where like yes. what you're getting on Gold digger is not repeated necessarily across like seven albums.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, that's that's the that's definitely I think his strongest attribute, you know. It's just that he's not willing to compromise and not willing to just take the easy route and just do what has been proven successful. He's always willing to take chances.
1: Right, he takes the easy route. <laughs> God, that was so cheesy it hurt <laughs> Um so 808s or not 808s my beautiful dark twisted fantasy you said you've been listening to it a lot again the last couple years have you found a difference in the songs that you were loving uh in like the first year or two after it came out and the songs that you're loving now or is it pretty much the same
0: yeah no i think uh listening to it more and more uh just more closely it seems like i've like i like every song (laughs) Um, at first, it was it was really just the songs that uh, kind of stood out a lot. So Dark Fantasy, I've always liked. I thought that was a good song. Then um, Power was a big one. All of the Lights, you know, was just crazy, crazy production mm. on that. So uh, Monster was always good. A lot of it, a lot of times, I I, I would listen to to hip hop for working out. So th- I would usually have those songs on the playlist. So they come up often. Um, but listening to it again, I realize. Uh, some a lot of the emotional songs that he has on that are very very well done um blame game lost in the world um run away obviously <laughs> um, the outro who will survive america it's it's ridiculous you know this guy <laughs> um and t- i i want to talk about dark fantasy right now because is that at that point when he made that album I think he, he definitely made a jump with his with his music because what he really did was take his best attributes of his first four albums and put it together into essentially a work of art you know i would say maybe even a, a storybook a novel like his his you know it's his he put it all together he put a, he together all his skills his best attributes and there's great lyricism and there's great production grand production and um, if I were to describe his music in that album, I would just say it's cinematic. It's, mm. it's something it's, I could listen to, it and I could see a movie in my head. You know, it's crazy.
1: Uh, it just as you're describing, it, I'm just sitting here with this huge smile on my face, thinking about like how much I love that album. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: and what you're saying about the emotional tracks, I think that's something that's jumped out to me over the years. Is like I'd always kind of liked "Gorgeous" and "Hell of a Life." But I feel like the last two years, I've just, those tracks have kind of catapulted in my personal rankings of Kanye Mm -hmm. songs.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. I've always liked Hell of a Life, like that, working out to that song is always good. Um, (laughs) Gorgeous, it's, um, the thing is about Gorgeous that the beat was kind of repetitive, right? So it didn't stand out to me as much. And I never really took a close listen to the lyrics until recently, and um and when i did i was like wow these lyrics are on point
1: <laughs> right like
0: yeah those are some of his best bars i think for sure
1: fucking kanye
0: just... Oof. like just so many quotable lines in that like, i love it
1: ah and then who will survive in america that was a song like i remember the first time i listened to the album and i'm just hearing who will survive in america i was like that was strange <laughs> Yes. Like, for a long time, I just hit skip as soon as Lost in the World oh, ended. Oh, yeah, yeah. And
0: oh, yeah. now it's I'm like, at a... Kanye's, Kanye's not even on it. Like,
1: what? Like, get this, <laughs> this out of here. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And now it's to the point where, like, I look forward mm-hmm. to yes. it. Like, give yes. me that moment of, like, no applause. Right. And how brutal that is at the end of this, like, extremely emotional journey. Um,
0: yeah, just like what an ending, you know. Like, cap, just I think it just caps off, and the way it transitions from lost in the world into into that sample, um, he, the way he cut up that sample too, and at the very end, the literally like the last seconds of of that track, you hear the drums get faster and faster, and it builds up. It's, just, it's so cinematic in my mind. You know,
1: I love Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple years go by we don't really get uh we get watch the throne and were you as into watch the throne as the rest of Kanye's albums
0: oh definitely um i have i have this one friend um who's a huge hip-hop head he literally he's on he's on schedule with everything so um all the new albums that come out he's always on top of it so um watch the throne we we were we were both bumping that so much that summer uh 2011
1: yeah that was (laughs) a good summer uh, yeah
0: that was that. That album was just dope. <laughs> yeah, it was really the best. The, the best of Jay Z and the best of Kanye in one.
1: That's uh, you know, from listening to the show, I'm sure I'm sure you're aware of like criticisms we've had of Jay Z in the past. Um, just being maybe too focused on the braggadocio, like too repetitive in a lot of ways, but. As huge of a Kanye fan as I am, like I almost feel like I prefer Jay-Z on so many of the Watch the Throne tracks, which always throws me.
0: Mm, interesting, interesting. Um Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think for Watch the Throne, he I think lyrically, I think it's easier to say that he did do better than Kanye on that. But Kanye, he he, uh, he had his like signature moments, I think, where he would just really his lyrics might not might not technically be the most impressive but um kind of he has like those moments that are just so quotable you know <laughs> just, for the fans for the, like you know for the stadium anthems, right you know i think it was so good
1: <laughs> like he's just coming like, in with those points where it's just like damn yay damn mm-hmm.
0: Where it's just it's just, it fits the meaning of the song, you know, like, he doesn't, he, he's the type of character, or the type of rapper to not take himself that seriously, you know, like, he's not, he doesn't have to have a perfect 15, 20 bar, or 15, or 16 bars, you know, he, 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 he sticks to just kind of getting his personality out, he he doesn't take himself that seriously on that album, I don't think.
1: No, right, which I feel like a, a lot of non-album Kanye, like his guest spots, Mm-hmm. are often, like, a little more relaxed Kanye, a little more just, like, this is off the top yeah. of my head. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and Watch the Throne, right? It's not maybe as perfect in places, but he still does so many interesting things to where you're just, like, that's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah,
0: he, the, the thing is, he he delivers his bars in, uh, in a very good way. And, uh, I think Watch the Throne is just... It got to that point where I realized his bars were good. Like I loved them. In Watch the Throne. Um, I thought I actually thought they were just as good as Jay Z's, in my opinion.
1: Hell yeah. Well, and that had always been one of the main complaints about Kanye, right? From people that were really into hip hop and the art of hip hop, was that Kanye kind of his rap technique was it at the same level yeah, as some other yeah. people, right?
0: I think that was definitely his biggest criticism, especially with. Pablo <laughs> especially with the most recent album that's definitely a
1: heavy criticism there it's it strange me because you uh had mentioned earlier like if you know something then you might have a different reaction to it than if you don't know so if somebody knows way too much about basketball then they might think somebody hitting seven free throws out of ten is it as impressive as mm-hmm. or like they might hate their form or like me with literature so many people love the book The Art of Fielding and because I love baseball they're like oh you should read Art of Fielding it's so good and it's baseball and I'm like I try to read the first paragraph and I want to punch myself in the face mm-hmm. until I'm concussed because me as a writer thinks that the writing's like shitty but is that really the truth?
0: Yeah you know? it's all it, yeah and that's the thing about music and art that so, you know it's it's up to interpretation it's meant to be up to interpretation so.
1: definitely so we uh, go from Watch the Throne then to Yeezus mm-hmm. of all things and Yeezus was like 808 like very <laughs> divisive <laughs> in terms of the sound and I'm a God just sent people on edge it was like nails on a yeah, chalkboard okay, to people yeah. uh, what was your response to Yeezus when it came out
0: um yeah no the thing about his music is I've always been I've learned over time to be just try to be open minded about it you know so, so when he ever t- so when he does do something like Ysus and just changes his sonic palette again it's um it, it definitely takes a while to get used to um I I, I did like Blood on the Leaves a lot I thought that was just off the top great yes um new slaves you know once you the thing is i love your show because you look at the lyrics so closely and i think when you do look at new slaves i am the god i am a god um you look at those songs and the message and what what he's actually trying to say versus what you think he's saying
1: <laughs> um,
0: yeah, he makes some good points and uh, he's a, he he does have bars i think Especially on "I Am a Guy, like that, he he has that one verse that that's really good. Yeah, that's un- underrated.
1: It has such a cool flow to it.
0: It does, it does. The, and the beat, the beat was so electronic, but it, for some, it just, for some way, it just it just went together pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, definitely different. I love that he kind of embraced, um, kind of, it's more of a trap sound, I guess, if anything.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just really harsh and industrial as well. I guess um, he embraced it and uh, he made he he made it into a concept album as well, which was fantastic. He made it into I I know you guys are talking about it on the show. Uh, it's it's essentially just a story, you know. It's
1: right. The like...
0: story of Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah, just a a nice beginning, middle, and end with mm-hmm. like some. Finding heart a little bit throughout right. the journey, right.
0: And speaking of that, can I, can I ask you something real quick?
1: Yeah, yeah, please. So
0: I don't, how, I don't know how familiar you are with "Down 2.
1: Uh, I've had Yeezus playing in my car for the last six months, mm-hmm. so pretty, pretty well versed.
0: Oh yeah. So, so one thing that I've heard is that at the very end of that song,
1: mm-hmm.
0: when um he goes when you thought the song ended but then he goes back and says you know Jerome's in the house um when he says that line i heard that i th- i heard people say that that's like a shout out or kind of like a wink wink to the audience like he's breaking i think the fourth wall i think that's what it's called
1: yeah that's definitely uh would be the phrase like it's him stepping out of the right
0: the character yeah. stepping yeah. out of the character from the story and acknowledging you know that uh it's kind of a setup or play where whatever he's doing (laughs) with eases
1: yeah that's uh actually a really interesting point because it's something that travis had brought up to me a few god i think like two and a half years ago Mm. um saying that he really thought jerome's in the house watch your mouth could change the entire context of the album or at yeah, least change think, the context of Bound Two.
0: I think it might. Or, no, I think it's not just Bound Two. I think it's the whole album, because w- you guys put this put the album together. You like you know it's a story, mm-hmm. it's, right? Like it's supposed to go in that order and it's supposed to have that have that beginning, mid- middle, and end. And at the very end, I think he he specifically chose the very end of the album to do that. Obviously.
1: Yeah, that's uh, you know, that's something that's I'm going to have to do a little bit more research. Yeah,
0: me and. T- me too, me too. <laughs> Very interesting.
1: Heavy thought on... Like, I'm looking at the Genius annotation now. Um, and I, I think what they're saying, that it, Kanye may be winking at his audience, indicating that he understands the character he plays on records is just a persona, mm. and not necessarily his authentic self. Um, I definitely think that's in line with... What we've been saying, I guess just what we were saying earlier about art in general, right? Like, this isn't Kanye, but a heightened version of Kanye. Definitely. definitely. Um, And maybe here he is taking the time to kind of wink-wink, nudge-nudge. I'll have to look into that. But that'll definitely be something we cover when eventually we get to the Bound 2 episode, but... I think there's definitely something very interesting to talk about with that point. Yeah.
0: And um, and with his music, I I, I would never put it past him to do something like that.
1: No, not at all. (laughs) Which is what makes me so happy about his music is that, like, you know, at first I was kind of hesitant to think that, is he doing all these things on all these albums? Is he that kind of artist? But then realizing that he is and that he does it's it's exciting just the same way that you wouldn't think that a novelist or a poet or a filmmaker wasn't doing these things on purpose
0: right right and they do they do you know the best directors out there the best writers they do all they do all these things at the same time and kanye the way he he is able to incorporate that into into music into sonics is just very impressive
1: yeah. Also, well, do you have uh, thoughts on the Jerome's in the house watch a mouth that you want to share?
0: Yeah. No. I think. I think. Um, I, I'm not that sure about it myself because it's a it's a reference I think to a TV show and it's not a show that I watched you where know, I haven't <laughs> seen
1: it. So. Yeah, Martin was a very interesting show mm. um, <laughs> with Martin Lawrence. I actually used to I watch see, it before bed. It would be on at like ten or ten thirty oh, wow. or eleven. And I would just catch episodes like maybe once a month Mm -hmm. um, or a couple every like a couple times a month. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it was hilarious. (laughs) But it's also kind of like (laughs) such a weird show. Uh So this is something that I'm interested like very much in diving into because any reference to Martin, fantastic in my book.
0: Yeah, and I wonder why specifically that line itself Um, is an indication of, you know, speaking directly to the audience, you know? Yeah. Like, why why Jerome in the house? (laughs) Right.
1: Especially with the title of Bound 2, and there's this kind of, like, paranoia that's now coming into the picture. Mm, Right. I think Travis's initial theory was something to do with, like, media scrutiny as well, is that, jerome could be getting at um i guess to put it in more kanye terms like the wolves Mm. so it's almost like uh becoming aware of the wolf that's around you or just how people are kind of out to get you but i don't know we'll probably end up talking about it for like two three maybe four hours You guys tend to do that. Uh, we we do. It's very disturbing. Like talk yeah. about people being obsessed with celebrity, and then we have this huge Kanye podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so Yeezus came out, and you were kind of into it at first, but sort of not sure. Was there a, a tipping point for you where you're just like, I love this.
0: Yeah. Once I listened to it as a as a whole, you know, instead of listening to just individual songs Mm -hmm. listening to you know from front to back um kind of seeing the whole picture i I learned to appreciate a lot and i thought it was it was a very well done piece of work
1: and was it right away that you saw the kind of narrative elements to it or was it something that was maybe a year down the road or
0: it was definitely it was definitely recently that like even realized that (laughs) um (laughs) But but once, I, once you play it, like once you put it together, it makes perfect sense. You know, it's, you know, it's really split into three acts, I think, almost perfectly.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I was actually arguing with somebody. I don't know if you go on Aracanye, um, but I was arguing with somebody on Aracanye about Yeezus, and they were telling me how disjointed they thought it was because if you look yeah. at the first four tracks, they're like one style of music, and then tracks five through eight... Or five through nine are a completely different style of music, mm-hmm. and then the end is like kind of similar to the first. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, that's a, that's because of the narrative arc." Like you just described the three acts of the narrative. Mm. Like, that's evidence. That's yeah. not not evidence. Yeah.
0: No. There's definitely. People don't. Most people don't realize things like that. You know. It's the... There's definitely some genius to his
1: madness. Yeah. And I think, too, it's because we're so used to... Well, maybe that's selling, simplifying it too much, but I feel like a lot of people, the expectation for music is just it's a collection of songs and an album. And that's what people are used to getting, especially from pop acts like people view Kanye as. Mm -hmm. So for him not to announce it's a concept album... And for people to then claim it is a concept album, I could see why some people would want or like push back against that,
0: yeah, yeah yeah, and um it's yeah because he, he he does have so many hits, you know that that's the thing about him is that we most most people would would just know him for for the big hits that he has and think of him as you know an artist who tries to go out and tries to get hits,
1: but Right, like Drake, like Lil Wayne, like Jay-Z. Right, right.
0: But to the contrary, I think he actually does the exact opposite.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. I very much agree with that. Uh, Well, then, Life of Pablo. Yeah, Pablo. Pablo, Pablo, Pablo. Uh, What was, uh, did you go to a theater for the Madison Square Garden thing? Did you watch online?
0: Oh, um, yeah! I think I watched watched it online after work.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. And what was the kind of initial feelings about uh, the music?
0: I thought it was. I thought it was very, very familiar. You know, um, it's very Kanye, very kind of unique to his style, right? It's definitely in line with what he does. But I think definitely all the soul samples, were the where the gospel feel to it. Definitely threw me off a bit. (laughs) Especially Ultralight Beam. I thought he was, honestly, the whole time when I saw that track list, I thought Ultralight Beam was, like, was going to be, like, on site. (laughs) Oh. I I thought he was going to come out and just start throwing bars, you know. At people and it turns out it was the exact opposite so definitely the first song like threw me off I was like, oh, okay so it's a it's a singing song and Kanye and Kanye doesn't even rap on it no <laughs> not, right? he just says a but, few uh,
1: things and is like okay Chance you go
0: yeah but, uh, but obviously Chance killed it and um, you know he deserves it he's having a fantastic year um and uh yeah no, he killed it it was a great opener um the emotion on That first track was was fantastic to start off an album.
1: Yeah, like the first time I heard it I just had so many goosebumps by the end when they're just Mm -hmm. yelling out like Faith Yeah. No, definitely. 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 Oh.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm really happy that uh it it did get nominated for a few Grammys. I actually did not see that coming at all.
1: no at this point i expect kanye to either be like shunned entirely yeah or like embraced completely
0: yeah it's it's funny that it's it was not i think it was nominated in um like a the the rap song category right when kanye doesn't even rap on it
1: yeah how ridiculous is that
0: yeah but but chance versus fantastic and if you want to talk about the specifics of you know that rapping versus not rapping you know hotline bling is nominated it's Is there any rapping in that?
1: No. Yeah,
0: exactly. So if Drake wins that category... man,
1: That's such a weird album. I've only... I still have only heard, like, three or four songs from that album. And I think all of them were... Yeah. And I think all of them were singing.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yeah, no. I think probably half the album was pretty much singing. Um, Maybe not that much, but... It the felt rapping like that was much. definitely the rapping was definitely underwhelming for a lot of people. Like my best friend, um, the one I mentioned earlier, he he completely hates that album. He makes <laughs> it very, very well known that he does. Um I I think it's definitely subpar. Definitely a subpar album. Even he's done much better, I thought, with Take Care was actually a good album, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Nothing was the same was still good. Uh and then after that I think he just got a little too commercial. <laughs> And, yeah uh, yeah with views he was really and it was successful you know like you can't say it's not a successful album it sold a, you know like, it sold a lot and he his his point was trying to appeal to everyone you know and he did that he had hotline bling that appeal and uh, one dance that appealed to a completely different demographic and that opened his his uh his career up a lot more
1: yeah, it's true if drake's doing what's like best for drake as an artist like
0: he definitely is <laughs> he like he knows how to take care of him
1: <laughs> right and like He's you can't a, yeah. can't blame the man for that
0: right right but yeah no back to pablo i thought overall i thought the albums were very well done and um, it, it, people complain about i think thinking that's unpolished where it was rushed right mm-hmm. like, those are pretty big complaints of it and um i will i do think that if he did take a little more time i think it could have came out better and i, I think it could have made a much bigger impact and i think i also probably would have um it would just gotten better like critical acclaim i think if if he took more time on it uh, but cause... we can we can see like the message behind it and um, the story that he's telling that one and it's it's a really good one
1: yes yes it is which which areas do you think would have benefited the most from taking a little bit more time like because again how I said before like I'm not one that really knows the in and outs of production so I just hear the music and think like I like this I like what mm-hmm. this is doing in terms of lyrics but I don't know anything about like the mixing the engineering so when people are saying you know it's it's spotty it feels rushed in these spots I just I don't have the same ear for that the way that if i told somebody that writing was using too many adverbs they'd maybe be like well maybe so where do you think uh the areas that were was kind of weak or could have benefited from the more time
0: mm, with pablo I, I would say it's pretty much there i think i will say i'm not sure about the track list I, the way that he put like five bonus songs on the end of the actual um, the actual story that he was telling. Mm. Yeah, I thought it would have been more effective if he just did you know that something similar to that original track list of 11, 11 songs, right? Um, but that being said, I think overall, um, it I think it was really in the details because the structure is there, you know. The way that it goes from Father Stretch My Hands to, to Famous, you know, to Feedback, I think the structures are definitely there. And I think if he just added, uh, took a little more time, like, listened to it a bit more and just added a few details here and there, it would have been better. For example, I think, on part two, when he has that one verse at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. I I was listening to that again recently, and I was thinking, if he, if he, if he did that verse and had like a more chaotic slash like dramatic background to that to that it would sound so just like haunting you know and kind of uh, it would just stand out more I think for that for that section of the song
1: I like that I like something that a little bit in the way that like uh, black skinhead had kind of the mm-hmm. the intensity to the right. track that matched just the lyrics,
0: it just jumps out at you, right? Mm. And the thing about that verse, I actually think that verse is very underrated. <laughs> like, I think that verse is a good verse because, you know, he talks about he talks about some deep stuff on that one. And uh, if he if he made the background so that there's like some like screeching violins or some you know something crazy like that, just to make it cinematic and to just just really you can feel the intensity of that of that verse. So just things like that, like I think uh fml um maybe wolves he could have changed a bit as well so <laughs> yeah overall it's very good pro- it's still a very good project so can't complain
1: <laughs> yes it is yes it is yeah it's uh it would be interesting to see like had he taken another month or two months would there have been changes that he made that were I mean, I feel like any artist would say that, like, yeah, if I had more time on something, of course there are more things that I would have changed or not changed, but at some point you just got to stop and put it out there. Right. But I'm curious if there were anything big that he would make at that point, rather than just kind of a a little bit of the fine-tuning. Or if it was just fine-tuning, as you're saying, how much of a difference would that... Have made and just making these songs feel like a little more three dimensional,
0: right? Yeah, so overall, like I'm very satisfied with it. So, and it's it's gone, I think it's on a couple of top, top 10, top five lists. So,
1: as it damn well should be, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, is the music still having like a an impact for you in terms of like providing confidence inspiring you and just in your pursuits in life like or is it just kind of stuff that you throw on and enjoy
0: yeah for sure like um like i just really have to go back to the emotion right of his his music and it's when i listen to it really it feels like an exploration of just you know humanity and you know who we are as human beings and the different things that we can feel inside <laughs> and no one knows about, you know, it's just us. Um, when like, I, I do a lot of driving cause, um, I'm in a long distance relationship. So I'm constantly driving and I'm like listening to, to something and, you know, you feel, you understand the emotion, you understand the extremes that s- some people go through and no one captures that better than Kanye does. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just sometimes, you know, he'll have anger sometimes he'll have a lot of sadness and despair and loneliness. You know, it's it's crazy. You know, his, everything is there. Everything is there. All the human emotions that one could feel and one could um, relate to.
1: And I think Pablo really adds to that. It like, does, yeah. Especially, like, you think about real friends and yes, wolves yes. and that sense yes. of, like, betrayal mm-hmm. and, like, fear. Like, mm-hmm. on wolves, there's such, like... Fear of like self, fear of others, and who, right, right, dumb.
0: And the way, and another thing is, I love the way that that album was structured, right. So it's crazy. Like people say that that album's incoherent. just like, like how you go from "Fathers, Touch my hands" and "Famous," right? It's like those extreme moments of feeling, feeling at a high, right, and just mm-hmm. extreme confidence, to moments like. FML, real, real friends and wolves, right? Yeah. The, the, sh- the shift in emotion is, it's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> right. Like in narrative, uh, training, like when you're learning about storytelling and writing, the, it's commonly called change in charge. Mm. So you set up a, a charge that's either positive or negative. Um, or it starts with hate and ends with love. It starts with fear and ends with confidence like those kinds of binaries mm. and exactly what you're saying. You see that change in charge from the beginning of the album to the end of the album. Right. Hmm. Well, top five Kanye songs.
0: Uh, yeah, no, this is, this is a really tough one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have to say, actually, so, just go just uh, list off five.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you want to talk about them as you list them, no, nah,
0: I think I think I do want to talk about the last one though okay um, so they'll have to be it'll have to be Jesus walks stronger mm, hold my liquor uh, lost in the world and the last one would be Pinocchio story
1: Oh shit! Oh shit! All right.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. For that one, it's I don't know if you've heard or seen the performance that he did uh, last year at the Hollywood Bowl.
1: No, I need to watch yeah.
0: that. Yeah, you got. I didn't even. I didn't even get to see it until recently, but I've been listening to like a recording of it. Like someone recorded, it, and it was in pretty solid quality, right? So he he closed out that show with Pinocchio story, which which i thought at first was just a bonus track on eight hundred eight. you know like i didn't think it was like
1: the actual right, <laughs> finale like, I, didn't, I didn't
0: think it was even meant to be on the album like at first i preferred that it wasn't on the album i think <laughs> but um he closed the show with that song which which surprised me a bit but you know i was listening to it and it was an extended version he redid some parts of it um it was really long it was like a it was like almost 10 minutes long whoa but um The instrumentation he uses on it starts out with a lot of uh, cellos, uh, violins, um, just fantastic, very emotional, and it was after that performance that I understood what that song was about, and I thought he did a great job, just, um, again, capturing his emotions in that song.
1: So that's a song then that, for you, probably wasn't even on your top five until very recently, and now it's, it's, uh, it's there.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's definitely underrated. And uh, it's ironic because that song speaks on celebrity, right? It <laughs> speaks on his status as a celebrity and, um, you know, his uh, sadness because of that. And uh, yeah, no, I think it's ironic because everyone, he's known for, for certain things and people don't realize that you know, he is very introspective and it is it is different for him than all the other people judging him. <laughs>
1: Right, like this is the same guy that if you listen to uh college dropout, late registration and graduation, you're just like, This guy loves being a celebrity. He's so happy with this and like he thinks it's awesome. But then by the time you get to eight oh eights and you're listening to Pinocchio's story, you're just like, This guy hates celebrity. Like he's cursed.
0: No, and that's exactly what the song's about. He is cursed. (laughs) No, it's it's for him, you know, it's I think it's he's had a hard time with it and uh, especially the passing of his mom and everything. So
1: yeah, that shit is never never easy.
0: Right. And it's been a central theme of his albums, you know, since since Dark Fantasy on, I think.
1: Yeah. And just to think about uh, on Wolves where he has that line about if your mama knew now how you turned out. And you're too wild just like oh that's that kind of self-analysis and self-confrontation is so brutal
0: it really is yeah it's especially from his standpoint (laughs) um where he's coming from i guess
1: absolutely well any uh any final words any final thoughts any last topics you want to discuss
0: think i'm good um one thing i do want to say is we should definitely cut this because this is over an hour long <laughs> uh,
1: that's <laughs> that's fine by our standards
0: <laughs> no i just yeah no I, I definitely thought we were just gonna do like you know 20 30 minutes but
1: <laughs> yeah i well it was a good conversation you had a lot of great things oh yeah say.
0: definitely it was like i've always been like just listening to you guys talk, I've always been really excited to just have a conversation with you guys um, about all things Kanye and all things not Kanye.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad we could. Uh, I'm glad we could have that. Sorry, Travis couldn't be here. He's an awful person, but
0: no, no, we're 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 all just you know human beings. <laughs>
1: we're,
0: we're all just doing the best we can. So
1: right, and you just want everybody to be happy in the new year, as Kanye would say.
0: Oh my goodness! I can't. You saw that?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, Yeah, he would definitely say that. He would. Like, that's that's what he wants. That's really what he wants. Sometimes. That's our yay. There it is. It is. He's a man of the people. <laughs> but however, everyone's thinking he's going crazy just because he dyed his hair. And I'm just like.
1: Mm. Calm. Calm down. <laughs> like people like, can dye their hair.
0: Yeah, like chris brown dyes his hair all the time frank ocean dyes his hair oh shout out to frank ocean by the way (laughs) one of definitely top three artists for me
1: frank's uh frank's pretty spectacular
0: yeah like i actually we should just change this into a frank ocean podcast i think yeah do you want to (laughs) (laughs) let's do it
1: all right let's uh what was your first reaction to channel orange (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: start o- start
1: over again. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> we'd both pass out by the time we were finished mm-hmm. talking.